back again, week 30. Uh, what can I say? This weekend was interesting. We had a total heat wave. Um, it's actually dipped down quite nicely today, which is good because I thought I was going to be sitting in the sauna cutting some weight. Um, but yeah, we, we had plenty of, uh, you know, combat action with with the UFC card and I guess the most talked about or anticipated fight card which was Tyson versus Jones Jr. Um, But yeah look we'll we'll, we'll get on to that a little bit later. Um, uh, Before before we get started I always have to tell people to share, like, subscribe, um, all that good stuff but uh, yes today we're beaming with the uh, video call all the way down to Melbourne uh, to a good friend of mine, uh, we haven't spoken in a little while. I think the last time we we spoke, uh, he was doing a little bit of uh, carpool karaoke as he as he likes to do when 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 he's driving through the streets of Melbourne, which probably is the fact that we haven't spoken to each other for a while because you haven't been able to uh, drive the streets of Melbourne for a little while. Um, yeah, you know he while. he he's the owner of Tenth uh, Planet Jiu Jitsu down in Melbourne. Um, he's the lead commentator for Hex. Uh, we originally met through Brace. Um, I'm talking about none other than uh, Mr. Frank Barker himself. How are you? What's been happening? How you doing? Dude? And uh, yeah, how 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 does it feel to finally be out of lockdown? Well, it feels fantastic. Uh, to be honest, uh, thanks, thanks again, Dennis, for having me. I mean, uh, I've been following you on this podcast. I was very excited when you launched your podcast. I was like, ah, I think down the track we're gonna we're gonna hang out on this podcast. It's gonna be fun. But look, it's great to be out of lockdown. You know, um, our first official week, full contact week back in Melbourne was last week. So. It was a hugely successful week. You know, it was just so awesome just to, you know, unmask the dojo, you know, unmask uh, the academy and get back to work. And um, a lot of eager, very hungry people training on the mat all week long. It's just perfect. You know, as a jiu-jitsu teacher, I mean, the, the, what you want is you've got to make sure your students are showing up regularly in training. And last week was, uh, was awesome. And if that's anything to go by, Dennis, you know, we're, we're definitely back, which is so great. I mean, the last eight months have been very, very difficult. Um, a lot of businesses have been under enormous strain here in Victoria, and a lot of people have lost their businesses, lost their you know their their homes, their families, uh, you know uh, livelihoods, you know years and years in the making, just obliterated by this, um, you know this uh, the way the management of the pandemic down here in Victoria went, you know, and we all know that, and we've all heard all that, and we've been following all that. So, but finally we're back, and it's um, beautiful. It's just beautiful to feel normal again, and get back to work. And, you know, I've been training super hard throughout the entire year, um, looking for ways to stay active and stay uh, fit and stay focused and get to work. So every day I've been blasting those heels on the mountain bike. And luckily I've got, a, you know, awesome brothers. You know, one of them is a Hawaiian Ironman triathlete and I'm, I'm a two-time Australian Ironman triathlete too. So, you know, there's no, we're no strangers to hard work and finding more challenges. So just near my house within just, you know, literally a minute away, we're in the trails and in the hills. So I've been doing that, riding, you know, two hours minimum every day. So that's been, you know, burning a lot of energy and leading up to the opening. So um, I've been training, training, training this morning at 8.30, Pilates, get up real early and um, hit the Pilates. So it's, it's a movement-based program for um, mobility and, and back management. So for everything we do, which is, you know, biking and jiu-jitsu and whatnot, it's very flexion orientated. So to work on the opposing muscles and get them strong and fit is very, very important. I'm really committed to it. So that was my day this morning, starting at 8.30, 9.30, shower. Here I am, 10 o'clock in Melbourne, um, doing the podcast. So everything's great, man. Um, we're back to work, and that's all I wanted to do is just work. I don't, you know, I'm not a, 
I don't want handouts. I don't want the government to help me. I just want to just let me just do my thing and provide for my family. And it's been very difficult not being able to do that for the last eight months, but finally we're back. So that's what I've been up to. See, and, and I totally <laughs> What about agree. you, Dennis? I, no, I, I totally agree. Because I mean, especially that, right? Everyone always talks about like, you know, at least we've got all these supplements and stuff like that. And I'm like, it's not about the supplements. It's, it's like, no. it's like you just want to get back to life. Right. And it's and it's really tough. Yeah. But like, you know, like we, we had a few restrictions and stuff like that as well. And that's why I wanted to talk to you because I can only imagine like what you guys went through, you know, like I, I was going I was going mad when I first came back from New York and I had to like quarantine myself for two weeks. Mind you, that wasn't even the hotel quarantine. That was at home, you know, and, and I was right. going mad. And then obviously I've been speaking to a few athletes along the way on this podcast and, you know how their experience in hotel quarantine is and they're going mad and I'm like, and then I've got a f- few friends down in Melbourne and, and it really was, you know, like I, I know a couple of them have mentioned like if, if Melbourne was to go into another lockdown again, they, they would consider leaving Melbourne. Like literally like they were like, we can't do this again. Like we just can't. And like we've had a lot of problems with the businesses up here as well, like getting shut down and not surviving. But like what you guys went through is, is tenfold. Like it's, it's, it's nuts. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, in these situations, it's the first time we've actually in, in our lifetime that we've had to experience something like this. I mean, I think the last time, you know, as you know, we, we know, we all know the numbers and the stories. It's just, it's been just rammed down our throats, but you know, the, the, uh, the Spanish flu of 1914 or whatever and whatnot. But look, man, um, I don't know whether we want to answer open a can of worms here, like on politics and whatnot, because i got my own opinion on that. And, and we could be here for days breaking that down. But, um, you know, we have some famous areas in Melbourne. One of them is like Ligon Street, Carlton. I'll give an example. I literally, little Italy, you know, I, I don't know. I'm sure you've been down there, but my family and I, I've raised my kids going down there, you know, once or twice a month, our favorite restaurant down at Copperwood, big shout out to all of those guys down there, Italian restaurant beautiful ambience, lighting, foods, just exquisite roadside, you know, beautiful, just, you know, cars going up and down Ligon street buildings, you know, businesses full and everyone having a great time. Well, we went, we went by there just last week and, um, and, and also during the pandemic, my wife and I, we actually went for, a, uh, an unlawful skip down Ligon street just to check it out. And the amount of four lease signs on buildings. And I saw one that particularly really, really hurt me, really hurt me and how things are going to change down here and how things will always be changed forever. Is that, um, you know, uh, a guy just fitted out his cafe, you know, probably spent, looked like probably spent at least a hundred K in there. And the sign on the window was look, just take the lease, take the building as it is, take everything as it is, just take my lease over. You know, like imagine, imagine walking away from maybe, let's say between a hundred and hundred fifty thousand dollars shop fit out restaurant and just saying, listen, have everything, tables and chairs, take everything the, the way it is, the bar, everything, just take it, just take my lease. You know, can you imagine, like, imagine trying to sign a lease down in Carlton, like that would be minimum like 10 years, right? You know, you don't sign a lease in Carlton for three years. You know what I mean? Like you're paying, you're committing to a million dollars in rent, I reckon at least. In, in 10 years and to see these places just uh, you know empty and um just break broke my heart man broke my heart but look thank god there still is action down there there still are businesses that have probably had an incredible 20 years that were able to maybe absorb 
you know, some of it at least and reopen or stay open in some way, like, uh, you know, takeaway and whatnot. I mean, I, knew, I know a lot of um, cafes or sorry, restaurants that just went, became like bottlers, you know, became like uh, liquor stores that just loaded up on, on, on wines and spirits and things and sold them, you know, and to try and survive, you know, how creative and how awesome is that? for them you know thank god and uh, i hope it worked for them you know but it didn't work for well, everybody it, it was the same as like the distilleries part. right that turned into like hand sanitizer manufacturers and stuff like that like everyone kind of twisted but i mean the one thing it had taught me is uh, i mean especially talking around my circle of friends and colleagues and wh whatnot is it really showed like the the way people live before right in the sense of like a lot of people were pa living paycheck to paycheck right and I think the businesses too, like a lot of businesses were literally living or, or operating on really, really thin margins, right? And, and, and so you see like some of the bigger businesses that have survived, they're the ones that obviously had a little bit saved up, same as, uh, same as just people. The people that are a yeah, little bit of saving, day, man, right? Really a little bit of savings to, to fall back on, they handled it okay. But like majority of people, because they're living off pay to, uh, paycheck to paycheck, and the businesses, they they just they, there was no way to survive, like no way to survive. Mm. And and what I'm yeah, worried about when 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 you talk about the new normal now, what I'm worried about is just um, I always say we're very social creatures, right? And 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 I worry about that. You know, I find it so weird now when you go visit relatives, even like not even like just people, but relatives. You know, and you always got to do one of these. Is it okay that we hug? Is it you know? And oh. I. I find it kind of really odd because like you want to, but then you're like, well, we're being told like social distance, this and that. And you're like, but that's my family. But then you're like, well, the last person I want to get sick is a family member. Right. So even more so. And it, and of it's course. just, it's just weird. Or, or like another case was uh, a couple of weeks back. We, we went out because obviously here we, we can have bars open again and stuff like that. But the problem was when you go, you can only have a table of 10 and you have to sit down, yeah. right? And we had 14, and so you actually had to have two tables. Um, but the thing is, you couldn't even go from one table to the other. You had to sit down. So it splits the group. And like by the end of it, you're kind of like, this isn't even fun anymore. Like, why are we even going out? Like, it, and, and, and I just think that's going to hurt us in the long term that I, I just feel like there's a, the, there's a massive kind of, I guess, separation and... And it's funny because, like, you know, for years now, Sydney had the, the, the lockout laws, right, with bars. And everyone's like, oh, and literally at the start of the year, they, they cancelled the lockout laws. So everyone's finally like, oh, we get to go out again. And now this has fallen on our lap, right? And it's like, we're never going to win. Yeah. No. Look, uh, I, don't, I don't know about you, man, but, um, you know, um, that, the, the whole mask thing is just, I mean, the way they managed it and the way they – they jump back and forth with their rules and their restrictions and this and that, and then all the enforcement and then the, you know, the law enforcement comes in and the press conferences. I mean, between you and I, or between you and I, yeah, right. It's a podcast. I reckon it's a whole crock of shit and um, I don't, I don't buy it. I don't believe a thing about it. The virus. Yeah. It's the flu. Yeah. But they just thought let's use the flu and we're going to just, Get the media on our side, which they own. And we know, and, and I don't care whether you believe this or not, listen to this. It's the truth. If you believe Channel 9, 7, 10, ABC and SBS, and if you just go by uh, radio, mainstream radio and mainstream television, if you have got that going on and that's what your story is and that's what you think is going on, well, you've been absolutely um, 
cheated and lied to. It's a crock of shit. And I say that because I've looked into it. I look deeply into it. And I know because it's as plain as the nose on your face. Now, if you choose fear over freedom, and this is all I want to talk about with this, Dennis. I'm not going to go yeah, on anymore yeah, yeah, about yeah, no, no, if you choose If you choose fear, then you're going to be scared everywhere you go, not hugging your family, not going anywhere. You're going to stay home. You're not going to go out and eat. You're going to be wearing that stupid freaking piece of underwear on your face. And it's what a crock of shit. Face coverings. And then you could, people who were wearing ice cream containers over their heads and this and that. And that was fine. Like right there, if you don't realize what a crock of shit it was when they didn't even say, you got to wear this mask. Are you joking? Are you kidding me? Like how long? Eight months? You think, you, you th how long do you think people are going to buy this for? Well, you know what? A lot of Victorians bought it. They're still buying it. They think Dan is the man. They think he's done an awesome job. You know, people lost their businesses. And then just two weeks ago, he goes and, um, sends 80, $87 million to the Greens for the Werribee Zoo upgrade so we can have a, a, a view, an eye view spectacle of Werribee Zoo. Fuck off, right? Give me a break. Like 87 mil, I think some businesses down Ligon Street could use some of that money. I think I could have used some of that money. I think my friends in businesses could have used a lot of that money too. You know, hospitals are empty. I've spoken to nurses. It's all a big joke. They're lying to you. They're pumping up the numbers. Look what's going on around the world in the UK and the States. Listen to the language they use. It's exactly the same as what they've been using in Victoria. They rolled it out in Victoria to see what they could get away with. Australians are the are most, let's just go with the flow in all the world. No protests. Protests were like abysmal. It was embarrassing, the protests in Australia and Victoria. You go look at what's happening in Italy, France, the States. There's millions and millions and millions of people. They've had rallies, elections in the States. They've had hundreds of thousands of people show up at Trump rallies. Give me a break. They're pumping up numbers. It's all about cases. No one's dying. The death rate's the same as it was in 2018 in the US. I mean, what else do I have to tell you to realize that they're trying to freak you out? So if you're going by fear, if you're going by fear, then you've bought it and it's a new normal and all that stuff that I've listed. Or you can choose freedom. I choose freedom. It's crazy how much freedom people will give up for security just to say oh well the government's gonna take care of me they're gonna look after me yeah right if you look at politicians how can a career politician in six years of premier victoria come into the job with nothing and now he's worth 81 million dollars 81 million in six years if you're on four hundred forty thousand dollar um annual pay which he just pumped up during the pandemic so he was earning less than that probably 400 grand so on 400 grand i don't know maybe my calculator is italian and doesn't <laughs> produce the right numbers but Usually, if it's my calculator, it'll be triple. But anyway, so he, he's a career politician, six years in the job, and he's worth 81 mil. How did that happen if you're on 400 grand a year? Well, look into it. I've always been saying, hey, Treasury, why don't you do an audit on Dan Andrews' family for the last 10 years? And let's see where this money's gone from. In fact, there should be a law that all politicians should have an absolute open book on their taxes because we pay them. We pay their, we pay their salaries. So why shouldn't we have an open um, discussion about let's let's see what all these politicians are doing. How can you go from zero to freaking eighty one million dollars, mate? I've been in the martial arts forty one years. I've been at it for twenty eight, flat out. I work as hard as I can, man. I hardly sleep. I'm on it, and I've got like all areas of my business covered, from commentating to open my business to seminars, traveling overseas to supplements to supplies to t-shirts to merchandising to online stuff. Are you kidding me? I'm not <laughs> even worth nowhere near that amount of money. But this guy. 
Well, if you follow the, if you follow it, I bet you the Chinese are just dumping money in his accounts, dude. Left, right, and center, because we know that Dan Andrews is part of th that kind of movement because he said Victoria will be the gateway to Australia for for the CCP for so for China. So, and not to mention the Belt and Road situation. Oh my God! So anyway, I'm not going to go on and on about it. Mate, I, I I totally feel you because I'm, I choose I choose freedom, bro. I choose freedom. All right, I choose freedom. And that's all I want to say. If people are scared stiff, well, the mainstream media have done a job on them and that's just the way. Mate, I, I totally agree with you because the thing joke, is, man. look, the, the, the problem is, is Criminal. about the, 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 the freedom. I, I think a lot of people agree with what you've just said, but a lot of people are also scared to voice that opinion, right? That's the first thing. Now, now, because I can say something on that as well. And I know you want to say something about that too. And um, and I just want to quickly say, sorry, dude, I just have to say, you're good. is that I'm not, I'm not mad at anybody. I have to say this because now all these people are like, oh, you're an idiot, Frank Barker, you're a dickhead. No, listen, this is my opinion. I've looked into it and this is what I came up with. This is my, this is just my opinion. But in saying my opinion, I have nothing against anyone that wants to wear a mask, that feels they need to wear a mask, that is afraid of hurting their families, afraid of losing their jobs. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Listen, if I was a frontline healthcare worker and I'm on 180 grand a year and I'm committed with loans coming out of my ass, I've got 800 grand in loans and property and this and that. And I've got kids in, in, in schools that cost me 60 grand a year and I've got three kids. Listen, you do what you got to do. You do what you got to do to make it happen and to make it work and to keep your job. A hundred percent. I've got nothing against anybody like that because we know that's the, once one person Scared stiff, they'll wear the mask, they'll comply. Two, scared to lose the job, wear the mask and comply. Or if you're the third person, hey, what a crock of shit. I've looked into it, I don't believe it. The numbers are the same. Oh my God, flu's disappeared. In Australia, no flu. Death by heart attack, diabetes, cancer, down. Everything's down. Why funneling everything? You look at all the deaths, man. I mean, just... Well, they I got had a headache they, already. They, they, they had a case. I this, got a headache already. Yeah, they had a case this morning on the news that apparently um, Melbourne, after thirty days of not having a case, they had a death last night. But it was from a woman right. that got cleared in September. But now they're going to bring it back that it's a COVID death, right? Even though she got cleared in September, it's now a COVID death. And I said this last week. I said this last week that no one's died of old age since COVID's been around either, right? Unbelievable. No one. Huh? No one. But wow. no, look, I, I, I agree with the politician thing as well because there were two things that really annoyed me. And one was we had a right at the beginning, we had a politician say, if your business can't make it through this 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 pandemic, maybe you're in the wrong business. And I got really filthy. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. And I got filthy. Oh my God. I, I, I got really filthy at that oh, because I thought that. I, I forgot what he He was a minister or something. No, he was a guy. He was in the one of your one of your New South Wales. No, he was in, I don't know. He was a backbencher, but he was in a oh, schmick. He was a, in a schmick suit and he and he made that statement and i was yeah. like that's that's fair coming from you when you're living off our tax dollars right so you're you're living off our tax dollars what and a, you're telling me that if my what business doesn't survive i'm in the wrong business so that was the first thing that yeah. got me annoyed so i'm in jiu-jitsu you know how many lives we saved you know how many how mentally when they said essential businesses mate i nearly i threw up in my mouth i threw up in my mouth to think that jiu-jitsu is not essential business or martial arts is not essential business are you kidding me the amount of okay so it's okay it's all about cases, but what about, so I lost a friend yesterday from suicide, right? And now how many people have died from suicide? How, how many people you probably know that died of suicide? It's a fucking joke, dude. But everybody ignores this stuff. And you know what? The compliance of the police force 
how can those police officers just go, okay, this is what we're going to do today? Oh, yeah, it's my job. I'm just going to go out there. I'm going to enforce these fucking laws. Are you freaking joking? Old people, elderly, pushed over, shoved over, shoved to the ground, harassed. Are you kidding me? Is this is this the normal that you want? Really? Really? Because you're petrified because the TV told you? Fucking throw that TV out the freaking first floor window, man. Hopefully it lands on one of those asshole freaking law enforcement people. It's a joke. Well, bro. well, I was gonna ask what you. What a piece on, of shit. I, I was gonna what ask a you on. Joke. Yeah, I was gonna ask you on that though because I know that your police force has been very strong, especially when you guys were in that lockdown. Like the the videos that we did see, it was militant. Like it wasn't even like a couple of officers. Yeah. And and the one and the reason I wanted to bring this one up is because you were talking about going on your bike rides. The one that made the news, obviously, or, or you know, did the circles was was that guy that was riding his bike in a, I think, a hardware store, probably Bunnings, right? And he was going around and around. And, like, obviously with his GoPro, he was like, check this out. And there's, like, literally 200 police officers. And then they pull him over and they they, they start to harass him. And, he, and they're like, what are you doing? And he's like, exercising. And they're like, no, you're not. Right. No, you're not. And he's like... <laughs> And he's like, all right, you tell me what riding a bike is, you know, like, and they went back and right. forward. Then they brought in the superiors and then this and that. I think they let him off, but it was just so crazy that he wasn't harming anybody. But like, as I said, the vision was crazy because as I said, it wasn't even like two, three, four, five police officers, like maybe not a hundred, but like. It was a lot, right? I it mean, was, it doesn't it matter. This lot. is ridiculous. And this is at a car it's park at Bunnings. Like what, what is oh. going on? It's just intimidation. It's just it's just scare tactics. It's just scare tactics, and and they they just did this, and, and just it just shows you that whoever's if my head hurts, bro. My head hurts when I think about it, and I really don't want to spend all this time talking about this. And I know you want to talk about it because I am in Victoria and I am a business owner, and we are in jujitsu and all that stuff. I get it, but it's just it's embarrassing. It's humiliating. It's disgusting and it's uh, downright an absolute uh, attack on our freedoms to be able to usher in this new normal that certain states in the world are all pushing hard for. And if you look at all the governors or the premiers or whatever you want to call them, those leaders in these states are all uh, part of a global idea to usher in a one world government, one where they want to push it. This is not, this is not like conspiracy. This is true. You can go on websites and they outline their game agenda step by step on their website and they put it there because all of, all of us all of these people around the world that have jobs and have guaranteed existences in shangri-la they can pay their loans they got their their kids are fine as long as it doesn't affect them it's fine until it affects them until it affects them how many people thought we were all idiots oh what are you talking about i'm like dude i don't i don't think i don't know man look into it like I mean, I think we will see. Don't be stupid. Six months later, hitting me up. Hey, Frank, uh, you were saying on your podcast about this and that. Look, you know, um, I actually, you know, looked into it a little bit and fucking, it's absolutely right. I go, hello. It's just that you will comply. You will give up your freedoms just for security. Yeah, the cameras and all that. Yeah, but that makes us safer. I'm like, yeah, hmm, cool. 
face recognition. Now the va- and all roads lead to where, Dennis? Where do all road leads to? The big giant freaking vaccination. Yes, the vaccination. They want to change your DNA. The stuff that's in the vaccination that's coming, the COVID-19 vaccination that's been ushered out from, you know, Moderna and all these big companies, they have DNA changing structures in them. Let that sink in. But so many will just run headfirst to the vaccination at any moment. They get as soon as they release this, and beware if they haven't tested this vaccination too long. I mean, really? Be really careful. Now, here's the problem. You want to travel? Oh, you don't want the vaccination? No worries. No worries. You don't want the you don't have to get a jab, but no jab, no job. No jab for your kids, no crash, no preschool, no kindy, no school. Oh, no jab, no domestic travel. I mean, just look, listen to the the asshole from Qantas, yeah. the potu, turn around and saying, "Well, you know, international travel." Now, do you think international travel? You'd be you'd be um, asking for a mandatory vaccine. Yes, mandatory vaccine, really. But if you follow that guy, if you follow the leader, the owners of Qantas, which is Qatar Air, all the way back to guess what? They have money and stock in a six hundred million shares. In the vaccine com- in the vaccine company goes all the way, all the way back to there. They're all connected to the airlines. Of course, they're all in on it. You know what, dude? Over the last fifteen years of me traveling to LA to go and train with Eddie and the boys over there, and my and our team and, and my classmates in LA for jujitsu. Big shout out to all my friends and Eddie, of course, out there, Ten Planet. Is I've I've dumped thousands. I reckon I've probably invested eighty grand over the last fifteen years in going back and forth. Do you know how many times I used Qantas? Do you know how many frequent flyer miles I have? I don't give a fuck, mate. I'm cancelling all that shit. I'm never taking another Qantas flight. I don't care if it's eight cents. Well, maybe for eight cents. But I'm never taking another flight with Qantas again. Dude, are you joking? You are gonna start pushing this fear mongering to us who have supported you assholes all these decades, and now you can say, oh, no jab, you're not going to fly on our plane? Fuck off. What, Dennis, that's the biggest load of shit I've ever heard in my life. Wait a second. I'm going to jab my arm so I can go to work and teach a seminar in freaking Queensland or in Sydney or in Adelaide or in Perth, and I, I need a jab to fly over to LA again to go and do what I've been doing for 15 fucking years safely. I've, I've come back from, from wars over there on the mats. And then I'm going to go and take a jab and I'm going to risk my DNA being changed and altered and getting sick and put an RFID chip in my body so you can, so I can just wave my arm instead of paying cash. What the fuck is wrong with you? Are you kidding me? Get the hell out of here, man. That for me, that's why I said, if you wanted to open this can of worms, dude, just be careful what you want to do with me when it comes to this, because I can go really deep into this, but I'm just, I'm just, the problem no, mate, is, Dennis, I, I, people I, I don't totally, look at nothing. No, no, I totally understand They don't look into from. it, mate. And then I come on, we have this conversation, you and me, on a Monday morning, and then they're like, turn it off. This dickhead. Really? No, really? I, I, look, be, at the, look at the farts. The, look at the bullshit around the states and how they've all met. They don't even know how to manage it. They don't even know how to manage it. Dude, around the state, dude, Queensland, as I as I said, to you, or whatever their fucking name is. What a joke, man. As I said to what you, what a joke. I, I believe that a lot of people would be in agreement with what you're saying. But they just don't. Stiff. They just don't have. The well, I'm saying it because yeah. I've fucking got my own business. So I don't give a shit. I can say whatever the hell I want, man. The way, and I can. Hey, I, you want to talk to me about it? Come down, 190 B Sussex Street, North Coburg, 10th Planet, Melbourne. First class is always on me. Always on me. Come down and we'll talk about it. No dramas. 
Or if you want to get the hell out of your state and come down to Melbourne, I don't know if you want to come down to Victoria. It's a fucking joke down here, man. But it's true. They're afraid. I don't give a fuck. Mate, well, I can't lose any more. I'm probably down 120 grand for the year. Bring it on. Bring it on. You know, fuck, I don't care anymore. But it is it, it is that fear thing, and 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 look, we're going to wrap this this part of it up. But like, you know, I, I said the same thing. I, I did a little, uh, you know, Instagram poll about you know the the uh, quarantine, right? And the option was, do you want to do the two week quarantine, or do you want to do it like at home, potentially wearing a bracelet, or they were going to have an iPhone app or something like that. Ninety six percent of people voted that they would prefer to keep the hotel quarantine i'm like that's just crazy that's just crazy right because you ask anyone that's done that you've done like when i talk to the athletes that have done the the hotel quarantine it's a jail cell like it's a little it's a little box that you're sitting in right you can't open the windows so you can't get fresh air like these guys are like this is crazy like the the fact that this is becoming what you have to do to come back to your own country is is, it's just insane not to mention all the amount of people from china they're allowing into melbourne every single night during our curfew between 8 p.m and 5 a.m i live 11 minutes from the airport i'm right on like just adjacent to the flight path and the only things i was seeing coming in during those freaking at least the last five months was just China Air, baby. China fucking Air. And I know what China Air logo looks like because I've flown on it a bunch of times. So I've done five international shows for Rebel FC over in Singapore and China. My fucking flight. I know what's going on, dude. And I got Pinot working at the airport and going, why are, where are all these people coming in from to China? And not to mention, they had like an aviation school just in the outer region here in Victoria. And that it was closed. All businesses were closed. But all these China pilots from china were allowed to still do their flight training and all play soccer and on their breaks and all sit around together with no masks when someone went in there with their phones and they denied it it's there it's there on your freaking phone dennis but yet people are still oh oh the numbers oh the surge oh the second wave which might 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 i add Dan Andrews fluffed the freaking hotel quarantine and put his mates in charge in three days, agreed on a 30 million, 30 million. I could have had my boys from the dojo, 10th Planet Melbourne, fucking go in there and make sure no motherfucker was going to go nowhere. I was just about nowhere. to say, I was just about to say that. Take care of that shit. I would have done it for, for three million and we'd all would have had Lambos. I, I was just about Fuck to say that. And he, would have, he would have been better off getting you guys to pull the security. Fucking what a joke, bro. Right. You look at all that. You look at all that. How the fuck can you still? Oh, Dan, you've done such a great job. Because these poor people, I feel sorry for them, man. I'm not even angry at them. Are uh, watching fucking sunrise. And the and should hear them when they report, oh, today, dark times in Victoria. Cases up, a record high, hospitals overrun. You go for a drive. I'll go over on my bike. Go for a drive in these places. They're fucking empty. People are going in there with their cell phones and fucking empty, bro. It's a fucking lie. Nurses coming out. They're doing TikTok videos. Do they look busy and overrun to you, TikTok videos for eight months? Are you kidding me? They shut them up, bro. They shut them up. Not to mention the incentive program they had for hospitals where, hey, listen, if you can just put it down as a COVID death, we'll give you $30,000 a person. How does that sound? What? Yo, everyone is dead. <laughs> COVID. Got it. Mate, they're making a million dollars. They're making like... A million dollars a day. 
No worries. Another one. Yo, shit. That's another 30 grand, Betty. Oh, another one. Oh, diabetes. No, shut up. Another COVID death. We're up to 90 million. It's 10 o'clock. Hey, take a coffee break. TikTok videos go. Are you fucking joking me? Are you fucking joking? Because why? Because the TV tells you. The TV tells you. Um, the TV tells you. If the news, Channel 9 tells you. Peter Hitchener. Yes, on tonight's news. More, vac more, you know, the vaccines at Speedy and C. We're going to have a record vaccine. And, mate, they just frightened everybody to death to want to run headfirst. <clears throat> And get that jab, bro. I'm telling well, you. Even, even, you watch what happens when it's available. Even even with the sure. vaccine, what 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 gets me there is how can they be so sure that it's 95% good? Like we've never had a vaccine that is, you know, like I, I spoke to a guy and he was involved in, in a company that makes vaccines. And he said, as long as a vaccine is 50% successful, it can go to market. So usually like vaccines, as soon as they're 50, 60, so how can they suddenly all of a sudden like, at, at, at a drop of a dime, and not just one company, multiple companies come up with these vaccines that are 95% successful. That's the thing that I, I'm like, how can you be so sure that they're 95% successful? We've never had that, ever. Mate, and, and not to mention that first it was 90% successful, and then one company said we're 93% successful now. And then the other company went, oh, we're, we're at 95% success rate now. I'm like, oh, wow, look at that. In a week, success rates on this vaccination have gone up like 3% in one week. This is amazing. What a crock of shit. Oh, my God. But anyway. Forever I wanted, like, flights to Mars, it's now. If I could open a 10th planet in Mars, I would. Well, speak, speaking of which, I mean, is Mars the 10th planet? Like, I don't even know. So let, 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 let's get on to 10th planet. Where where does the the the, the branding oh, of... you're making me happy now. Dude. Right? Where, where does the branding of 10th planet come from? Is it uh, to do with the 10th planet or, or what, 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 you know, what's well, the meaning if, behind if, it? Well, if... Well, probably, yeah, I'm sure it, it did, you know, unfortunately, you know, like NASA and all that, they're, they're so equipped with some amazing technology and, you know, so many satellites and which are all CGI and whatnot, all the photos of the earth and stuff like that. But anyway, let's not get into that, but it's something like that. But look, Eddie always said, again, imagine what Jiu-Jitsu would look like on another planet. That's probably how 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu would look like to the mainstream people. And sure enough, when we brought 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu to Australia and other um, brothers and sisters of mine from LAHQ, when they went out into the world and started running their schools yeah 10 planet jiu-jitsu really looks like it's from another planet there's no doubt about it i mean you just look at the, the clinching system the 10th planet system with you know the way we it's a clinch based system it's not an open guard style game i mean we've seen it uh, uh evolve especially with you know sub only and whatnot where it wasn't just purely for mma anymore it was now for sub only and and whatnot and of course we've we've gone into meddling in ifbjj world championships and whatnot so we've got you know high level uh, representatives in all different um, branches of competition. So, um, yeah, man, I mean, you know, the clinch-based system, especially with the innovation of the back-taking, you know, with the truck and all the options from the truck with calf slices, the twister, of course, the big daddy of them all, you know, and the banana splits and crotch rippers and, and whatnot and, and calf slices and just the controls to the back. I mean, that alone is just a whole revolutionary new way of looking at the back as a intermittent um, trans transition from side control to the back. There's this new area that the 10th planet system is completely and wholeheartedly responsible for not to mention, you know, rubber guard. And we've seen how effective rubber guard can be in MMA against strikes. I mean, you just, if you have a, a, tr a, a true honest developed rubber guard, not throw it up in the last 12 seconds of the fight. And my face is 
been pushed into the back of my head. Oh, I'll throw up some rubber guard. I'm not talking about that situation. I'm talking about people that know how to use rubber guard like any other guard, proficient at it, just completely shuts down their right arm. I mean, you zombie that arm out of the mix, hug your knee, that hand is out of the mix. And now we can use a meat hook and control your free hand. We've got a free hand and they can't posture. They can't punch. They can't stomp on you. They can't headbutt you or shoulder bash you or anything. And now we can start isolating limbs. If we want to stand up, we want to go to half guard and stand up. We want to bail. We can do all that. Or we can submit them from there. And we can throw elbows as we've seen Ben Saunders a million times in the UFC off his back, opening people up with those elbows from the bottom. I mean, such a, a, a safe and effective way of controlling people from your guard. And, and not to mention all the clinches from the top positions from the mount and setting up so many great transitions. I mean, so no you, wonder are, are, are you saying so alien. like uh, 10th Planet isn't, BJJ, as as most most schools would have it, are you saying it's more of a like a hybrid kind of version? I mean, if you're talking no, about it's, throwing it's, it's elbows, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu all the way. No, it's it's no no. It's just originally Ten Planet Jiu-Jitsu was designed for and to improve the level of Jiu-Jitsu in MMA against strikes because Eddie was really um, he was a little bit shattered because you know these Brazilians Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belts would go in MMA on their backs and they would lose and they would have these amazing guards in competition, but they couldn't do anything against anyone in MMA. And he was like, that bothered him. So he looked at it and, and, and tried to work out better ways of setting up submissions from clinch-based scenarios where people couldn't posture up and, and get punched and came up with this incredible rubber guard. So it's not, it's Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu all the way, all the way. But you know, it's just a, an evolved version of it. No gi. I mean, he was the only school in the world to promote no gi Jiu-Jitsu. I was the first school in the Southern Hemisphere to teach no gi Jiu-Jitsu here in the Southern Hemisphere, I will say Australia, but it's, you know, there's more countries in the Southern Hemisphere than Australia. Uh, I was the only school outside of LA that was doing this. I mean, we, we were looked upon as aliens too, you know? So it, it, it's it's Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, no gi. And now what do we see with the no gi movement? What do we see now? No gi is like normal. No gi is normal now. So hang Not on. I, totally I, normal. Are, are, are you saying you don't do gi at all? Uh, we don't wear geese in my school. We have no geese. I haven't worn a geese. So it, it, it's just years. okay because that's interesting. Because when I had um, Tiago on, he was talking about that um, the grading system is only for the gi and basically it converts across to the no gi. So if you're like a a, a a blue belt in the gi, then you're a blue belt in the no gi. He said there isn't actually a grading system specifically developed for the gi. But if you only do no gi, is there a grading in the no gi? 100%. I'm a black belt. I'm a first degree black belt under Eddie Bravo. That's it. Gi or no gi. I'm a black belt, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. My specialty is no gi jiu-jitsu. Crazy. For those people that are out there, listen, there have been people out there. I mean, lately, there's been some interview. I don't know, some Brazilian guy or whatever. And I don't care if it's Brazilian or Maltese. I don't care. It's, it's irrelevant what nationality is. Saying that, oh, if you're if you're a no gi school and you call yourself a, 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 a purple belt, it's, it's, it's bullshit. Like there's no belts in no gear. What are you talking about? We have a curriculum. We have a structure. We have fundamentals classes to, to impart all of the uh, basics, all the positions, all the positions are the same. Transitions are there. We have the back. We have side control and neon belly. We have um, all sorts of um, transitions, all the same leg locking. Well, what about that? You want to talk about that? You want to talk about how many Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu schools in the gear that don't even do leg locks, don't even allow leg locks until they're brown belts. Oh yeah, you're a brown belt and you're a white belt at leg locks. Yeah, no worries. Even the IFBJJ allowing leg locks now. Why? Because they can't hold it back anymore. They can't resist the flood anymore. They can't do it. What a joke. I think that's ridiculous. I think it's absolutely preposterous to say that, oh, if you do no gi, oh, you're just a wiper. Oh, really? Fucking come on, man. 
No, what I, a joke. I don't think he was saying what that. What a joke. No, no, no. No, what, what, no, no my, not him. Not, not yeah, him. Yeah, not what, him. What, what, what I'm my saying, question. I heard someone else. Yeah, someone yeah, else yeah. was saying that if you do no gi, it's bullshit. There's no ranks in no gi. It's, it's worth nothing. That's what he was saying. I don't, yeah. I don't think it was Diago. Someone yeah. else, I don't care yeah. who it was. The point is, it was said. It was said. Right? I read it. Yeah. I, said, I saw it. It was, it was said. If it's no gi, it's bullshit. I'm like, listen, man, I don't agree with that. You want it 15 years of me putting in all this effort into my school. Why is my business so successful? Why do we have so many soldiers? Why do we win so many team titles? Why do we win so many divisions? Why? 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 Because well, it's bullshit? Because it's bullshit? Because it doesn't work? Why does it? Because you say it doesn't work because we're not wearing a gi? Dude, that's your problem. That's not my problem. That's your problem. Iris, we have never been disrespectful to the gi community ever. Neither has Eddie. He's never seen, ah, it's all bullshit. No. No, we make jokes. I mean, who doesn't joke about the 10th plan system? I can't walk in a room and some idiot snickering under his breath some smart-ass remark. But, you know, that's okay because we're bigger than that. We're bigger than that. It shows more about them than it does us, you know. But I, I, I take it very, very to heart. I take it – I don't want to use the word personal, but I'm trying to stand up for all the no-gi people out there. Well, because you're passionate. some people just don't like it. Some people just don't like the gi, bro. What, something wrong with that? Well, we can't do Brazilian jiu-jitsu because we don't like the gi. We just want to roll with a t-shirt and a pair and a pair of freaking shorts. There's a problem with that. But last <laughs> time I checked, you do. Last time I checked, you guys were the first ones to do it. And then you made us fall in love with it and we want to go just down that road. But now it's not accepted. Or now you want to tell us that we don't deserve to be ranked. Really? I disagree. Yeah. No, 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 and 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 I mean, my 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 question. I don't care what anybody yeah, thinks. My my question to him was like, literally, can you be a, say a black belt in in gi, and say a brown or a blue belt in no gi? And he said no. Like, say so his his response was that that the grading that you have in gi automatically converts across to your no gi rating. That's kind of how how that one was explained but then uh, a system like yours is purely no gi so it, it, it's just different but you guys run your own tournaments too right what do you mean where here in australia overseas where like because it's different everywhere because uh when 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 i was talking to someone um about what do you mean we just going well about potentially i don't understand, I don't understand. Uh, I'm, I'm saying I, I i spoke to someone i was telling them that i was going to have you on at some stage and they were like ask them about the 10th planet tournaments because they in in their eyes they were a really big fan of it and i was like why what what yeah. make what makes your tournaments different to uh, others okay we don't we don't have 10 planet tournaments but i think what he's referring to is our qualifiers our 10 planet hq qualifiers we have in the states at eddie's school headquarters when for instance there's a combat jiu-jitsu worlds right now in cancun right now right now they're on right now um we only give two spots in each weight class to our two top guys in that weight class. We don't just flood the whole tournament with 20 of our 10th planet guys. That wouldn't be fair. So what is fair is that we have two guys and they're on the same side of, of the bracket. Look how hard we make it for ourselves. To make it fair, Eddie goes, no, we only have two of our best guys in each weight class and they're on the same side of the draw. So only one of them can win. Get what I mean? Like. Eddie can't make it any fairer than that. And what happens is we've got like squadrons of killers in each weight division. So how are we going to only pick two? So Eddie runs maybe a month out, 10P HQ qualifiers. So for instance, if it's for 155, everybody who wants to compete at 155, they put forward their best guys in their gyms. They all go to HQ and they, they, they literally gunsling. They're gunslingers and we're going at it and to produce the winner. The winner 
will be the second spot because we know who our top guy is in the weight class and we have to find a second spot. Would you believe they even do a qualifier for a backup spot? So just last month we had a qualifier and the guy that won the qualifier was just in case one of the top two guys drops out, that guy moves straight in. So he goes through a whole prep, a whole qualifier through with all these beasts at HQ and we all put them on live on, on YouTube. So if you want to go to Eddie's YouTube channel, you can watch any of these um, uh, uh, submission style grappling tournaments at HQ from LA, from Eddie's gym right there for yourself. You can watch them. And, and that's what he's probably referring to when he says our tournaments. We don't have our tournaments. I mean, they're, they're qualifiers for things like EBI, which we haven't seen in a while. But combat jiu-jitsu is the thing that we're really pushing hard for right now because it's more of the original jiu-jitsu you know, I remember those dojo storms. It was all open palm strikes were allowed. You know, the Gracie um, dojo storms. I don't know if you remember some of those Gracie videos, Gracie yep. in action videos. That's all Eddie's doing. Eddie's game all the way when he started uh, EBI was to usher in CJJ. And years ago, they wouldn't accept it. They couldn't get a, to sanction it. But now they certainly can. And Eddie wanted it in an open mat, not in a ring or a cage. So, so finally, you know, you see CJJ is on a platform, you know, on a mat, big stage with, with palm strikes only when it hits the ground. So, um, look, look how many areas we've opened up in the world for jujitsu. It's how much work Eddie has done in the team in promoting no gi style jujitsu in all its different formats. It's just amazing. I hope to see no gi jujitsu, um, in the Olympics one day. I really, I really would. I think it would be fantastic. You know, you got Greco Roman, you got judo, right? So you can have. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in the Gi, just like Judo. And you're going to have no Gi submission Jiu-Jitsu, just like Greco-Roman wrestling, you know, with a singlet. You know what I mean? Like you can have a, a blue rashi and a, and a red rashi if you wanted to. I mean, there's ways to get around it. To, and it should be an Olympic sport because there's, an, there's such an overwhelming um, attraction to it and so many countries that are deeply involved in it and have chance that I think it would be just such opportunity to have no gi jiu-jitsu in the olympics i think it would be amazing i mean look at adcc look at the look at the popularity and the excitement around adcc um just going off 2018 it was just uh, uh, sorry 2019 which is just amazing i mean lachlan giles and you know gordon ryan and all these you know so let me Gary ask you Tony this when 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 you're Craig talking Jones. when you're talking about uh people going to hq to have these uh inter tournaments or qualifiers or whatever whatever it is um, and you're saying HQs in LA, does that mean for this year there, there, there's been no qualifiers at all or, or how does that work? Like you can't well, have, just did can, one you have can you have a qualifier say at your gym in Melbourne or no? No, not no, because they got to go to LA to do those qualifiers. So say there's some guys, say there's some guys that train at your gym and they want to be in that qualifier, yep. like they're, they're just not this year, I guess, right? They just don't have the opportunity. Well, we don't. I mean, with, especially with all these travel restrictions and whatnot and quarantining and whatnot. So there's there's no way. I mean, it's a tough one for guys that are overseas. It's a tough one. It's usually the qualifiers are for those guys that are in and around America, you know. So the longest flight you'd be able to take would be like four hours, you know, from the East Coast to the West Coast is a four-hour flight. You know, for, for us, it's like 15 hours one way, you know. It's a long way to go to go to a qualifier and get tapped in eight seconds because you were a little bit jet-lagged, you know. No, and, 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 and that's, that's why I ask. I just wasn't sure, like, if you have a qualifier in your gym and then someone, and then the no, best from no, your no, gym no, goes. No, and, no, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. no, 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 Yeah, cool, cool. No, no. We wouldn't even have a qualifier. We would just send them, send our best guy. And if there was, it was in dispute, we'd get him, we'd set up something, of course, and just like Eddie does, and we would just, 
you know, cut to the chase and, and get to that decision and just send them over. But, you know, it's, it's for a qualifier. Yeah. Unless someone's just absolutely wrecking everyone here in Australia, Eddie would probably put them in on the card. But then again, how do they stack up against the best guy in America? You know, that's representing 10th planet. You know, they'd have to eventually duke it out and work out who's the best. You know, you know what I mean? So a qualifier is the only way to settle it. And that's what Eddie does at HQ. And we had one a month ago and the combat jiu-jitsu worlds are on now. And, and we see those guys competing today. Now, I have to ask you, only because we've both had dealings with it, um, Tony Ferguson, his last fight. <laughs> yeah, wow. That was well, what, 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 what was your kind of take on that? Because to be honest with you, I, I was telling everyone I thought Tony would be the guy that potentially takes that belt of Khabib. And then, obviously, I mean, look, yeah. he, he, he did get beat. Um, I mean, there's no disputing that. Um, no, but like, where, no. where, 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 do you, where do you think that went wrong? And also the other thing that I wanted to ask you, because there was a little bit of, um, talking about Eddie, a little bit of back and forward that his cornering wasn't up to par. But then obviously, I think when he was on Rogan's podcast, he was talking about like, hey, I'm, I'm not a striking coach. Like I got put in there no. and, and so forth. So yeah. what, what's, A, what's your opinion on, on how that fight went down and, and where do you think potentially like it went wrong for him? And and yeah. two, uh, how do you how do you feel the handling of the whole, uh, as I say, the the cornering of of yeah. yeah? How do you feel about that? Yeah, well, look, Tony is such a savage. I've trained with Tony. I've known Tony. We're friends. We're good friends. We're actually really good friends. We communicate regularly. And and um, when I'm up I, in 2017, I was up there with Calvin Gastelum training with him, getting ready for the Kevin Lee fight. Uh, back we were up running it. We we're training at at Big Bear at the time, and um. Tony's an absolute savage. And although he's an amazing wrestler, his jiu-jitsu is amazing. His leg locks are amazing. He really is. But he'll go in there and he'll fight. And he'll fight like fighters do. They stand there and they're going to try and knock each other out. The fact that he wrestles, the fact that he's got amazing jiu-jitsu and all that is irrelevant to Tony. He's there to fight Justin Gagey. And he's going to fight the way he wants to fight him. He wanted to fight Justin. See, this is another thing. Tony is Tony. And if you know Tony, he'll do whatever he wants. And so he should. I mean, the guy's probably one of the greatest MMA fighters ever. So, and that's no disputing. So he went out there and he wanted to outstrike Justin Gagey. It ended up catching up with him. But in his defense, you look at the end of the second round. What happened? Do you remember? Yep. He actually knocked down Justin Gagey. And if he had another 30 seconds, he would have finished him. I was For ju- sure. I, I was just so about to easily, say, yeah. I was just easily, about to say if there was another 20, 30 seconds, it could have looked a whole lot different. Would have been over. Right? So we know that we could easily be talking about Tony's fight against Khabib right now. But we never will because what uh, continued on in that fight to the end, in the, in the, fourth, or the fourth or the fifth that he was stopped, was it the fifth? can't remember. I think so. The fourth round. I think it was the fourth round. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So, he, so we miss on that opportunity and he thinks, oh, oh, oh it'll come again. Justin made adjust, adjustments. Amazing cornering from his coaches. We managed to, I mean, Justin Gage is striking. I mean, I mean, it's like getting hit with a wet mop with a sledgehammer underneath it, right? I mean, he hit so hard and Tony's one of the toughest guys I've ever seen. And for him, his, his nervous system to start shutting down and twitching and he must have really hurt his neck badly in that fight because that's a classic. That's like, a, you could see that he had like neck, head pain or whatever it might've been to start, you know, literally just malfunctioning. You know, that's the only way I could describe it. Just shows you how much punishment Tony could take. And in the end, his nervous system was like, listen, bro, we, how long can we do this for? 
and he was really rocked. And I thought it was a great stoppage, to be honest with you. I really didn't want to see Tony down on the ground getting, you know, with Justin, can you imagine Justin Gagey on top of you, just, just, you know, unleashing hell on Tony. So I'm glad that that didn't happen. It was a great stoppage. And, and, and how do I think it could have gone a bit differently? I think, I think if Tony had wrestled and taken him to the ground, um, which for Tony might be not fighting the way he wanted to fight. You know what I mean? Clearly he did not um, But I think, I think personally, and this is just my opinion, and, and this is nothing against Tony or, or anybody or any of the corners or the team, that I was just hoping to see in the third round, let's just take this fool down. Let's take him down. Let's pass. And let's just, just put a choke on this guy. You know, hit an anaconda on him or a dust that Tony's amazing at. And let's just, let's just go and order some drinks. You know, let's just get out of here. You know what I mean? I was thinking, come on, Tony. All right, all right, all right. Okay, you nearly had him in the second. All right, let's wrestle. Let's put this dog away. Let's put him away. No, didn't go to his wrestling at all. And in the end, he was so beat, so beat down, he lost the fight. So I just, I would have loved to have seen Tony wrestle because I know what a powerful, talented wrestler he is. And to not see it in that fight was hurt me. It hurt me. I felt, fuck. But that's just me because I love Tony and I want and I wanted us to win so bad and have a shot at Khabib. So that's that's and, and the situation. And, and I think he would have a better shot at Khabib because of that. For sure. Because of that. Well, okay. So let's just wrap up with no no. Do you want to talk about that now? Or you want to talk about the cornering and then that? Or you well, want me yeah, to Yeah, let's go to cornering. Go go to the right. cornering. So, okay, it's okay. We can do it any way you want. So the cornering, look, as Eddie said, he wasn't the lead trainer he's not the striking coach he's there to help with the fight he's the ground he's there to help with the jiu-jitsu side of things all of a sudden he's thrown in there and now everyone's thinking oh he's the coach and he's thinking you might have to throw up well how's that different to saying bro shoot let's wrestle how's that different to hey you might have to throw an imanari in there or something like just get on his legs i mean that's good advice it's good advice if your striking is not Dude, I'm a commentator in MMA. I see it this far away. I've seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of fights. I've called a lot of fights. I've, I've followed it my whole whole life. How is that bad advice? Bro, you're getting lit up and touched up and dotted like a freaking alphabet. Listen, you need to go and change tact here. How is that bad advice? How's that bad advice? It's not. Well, because it's Eddie and because he goes, bro, I think we need to throw up in Imanari. Everyone's like, oh, my God. How is that? If he said, listen, you might have to shoot a double. We need to really get on this guy, maybe wrestle. You know? No one would have said nothing. They would have said, yeah, good advice. Because he said, oh, you know, maybe you need to throw in an MNO. What he meant was it, we need to mix it up here. We need to maybe change tact here. That's all it means. Let's pull up a red sail instead of the white one. That's all that meant, dude. And for people to to get on Eddie, they were just emotional. You know, They wanted a better outcome, I guess, maybe for Tony or or whatnot. But there is another opportunity for people to shit on him. You know, This is just typical. But anyway, that's what I think about it. It wasn't bad coring. It was good advice. I understand where he's coming from because I know Eddie well. I know Tony well. I know what Tony's capable of doing. I know how many weapons are in his arsenal. I know he can switch it up anytime he, he wanted to, but he chose not to. He chose not to, and he chose to go out on his shield, which he did, and, you know, I'm not going to say nothing about that because it was fucking his fight to win and lose. It's not my fault. It's my fight. Or Eddie's fight to win or lose. It was it was completely Tony's, and it was his decision. And I totally respect whatever decision he wanted to make and the consequences that came from it. We're not making no excuses. We can't wait to get back in there. Now he's fighting Charles Oliveira. I personally think that the matchup would have been fucking Conor uh, Conor McGregor. Conor Hune's one of my best mates in LA. I'm wearing his t-shirt right now. Big shout out to Conor Hune at Denver, Colorado, 10p. 
But the money fight for me would have been Conor McGregor and Tony Ferguson, not fucking Conor McGregor and, and Dustin Poirier. Come on, man. That's the money fight. And you're going to give Charles Oliveira to Tony? What? That seems like an Edson Barboza rematch, if you look at it, because they're kind of like that. Oh, anyway, you asked me. And, and, and Tony has actually stated, like, he wants McGregor. Like, when, when I was out uh, in Vegas okay, with Tony, you wanna, he, okay, what and would they, you were still, they were still under the same management, and he's like, I want that McNuggets. Like, he was like, he was straight after him, right? No, right, what agree. would you rather see? Well, what I want to see. Conor McGregor no, no, no. and Ju- Dustin Gagey, uh, du- uh, <laughs> Dustin Poirier. I can't even say. No, what, what I want to see, what I really want to see is Khabib come back for the 30 and zero and that fight be against Tony. That's what I want to see. And I know people have stated, how can you give Tony that fight on a loss? And, um, and, and I guess that's why they're giving him Charles now. Easy. But my, my thing is like before that, he was on a 13 fight win streak. Then I always point now to the Jose Eldo fight that he lost. And then everyone's like, oh yeah, but Dana White thought he won. So therefore he went straight into a title shot. But I just feel like, A, I'd like to see Khabib finish with 30 and zero if he can do it. And two, I think that's the match to make. I on it, Honestly, if you ask me, that's the match I want to see. I want to see Khabib versus Tony. But if, if, if Khabib doesn't come back, yes, give him Connor. But I would actually prefer the, the, the Khabib over Connor. I would rather see it. I want to see, as I keep it. saying, I want to see Connor fight Nate Diaz for the trilogy with no crowd right now because I want to listen to the smack talk. That's what oh, I want. 100%. That's what 100%. I want. 100%. <laughs> Yeah, man. I mean, you know, we just want the... Look, we know what we want. We're the fucking fans. We're the ones that are paying for all this shit. We're the ones paying all the pay-per-views. We're their talk bars. We're the ones going out and having a drink with our mates and and breaking down the Gagey Ferguson fucking uh, fight. We want to we want to we want to talk about the 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 Diaz Diaz McGregor too and how that went. We're the the fans, man. We're the, we're the ones that have kept this whole thing going. We're the ones. We're the paying customers. You know. Um, I really. And if you asked, if you did a poll on the Oliveira Ferguson or the Poirier McGregor, you're going to say, people, dude, swap them around. Get Tony fighting McGregor and get freaking Charles Oliveira fighting Poirier. That, that's a great matchup. That's a really good matchup. Charles Oliveira trying to take Dustin down and submit him. Charles Oliveira's jiu-jitsu is amazing. And, and Dustin Poirier is so tough. He's got a great guillotine. He, you know, you got it on Khabib. That was really, really good. I mean, I, I'd rather see that. That makes sense to me. I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just... Had too many freaking rear naked chokes put on me or something. I don't know. Too many head kicks from the 80s. That's my opinion. Now, let me ask you real quickly, and I just want to get onto the commentating as well. Did you did you watch the fights over the weekend? Mate, I can't believe, I, I can't believe you're asking me this. I said to my family yesterday, I go, all right, I'm booking the TV. Uh, such a busy day. Started the crack of dawn, training, podcast. I had such a full-on day yesterday. No kidding. And I, I said, I'm booking the TV because i got an 18-year-old son, uh, 18-year-old daughter and 20-year-old son, plus my wife too, and we all got our thing that we like to do. I'm like, I'm booking the TV. I've recorded the UFC. I'm going to watch them all because I know he's going to ask me and I want to look like a schmuck. I'm a commentator. I'm not going to know the results. Well, guess what? By the end of the day, I was so beat down. I, try, I couldn't even watch it, man. I was just dead. So I didn't even look. I haven't even seen them. Mate, CJJ Worlds are right now in Cancun, uh, Mexico. My, my, my teacher's running a whole freaking – our squad is running a whole promotion right now. I can't even watch it. I'm doing this podcast now. I haven't even been able to watch that. So short answer, no, sorry. And don't judge me. Don't judge me. 
No, I, I, I wasn't later. going to. The, the, the reason I ask is obviously watch the main event. You'll be you'll be glad to see Anthony Smith is back and how he finished that fight. I'm sure you'll. you'll who, did he, who did Anthony Smith fight in that? Um, was it Devon? Well, I don't know. Uh, There's so many fighters now, Devin, man. I just Devin. can't keep up, dude. But like, um, it, anyway, it was a. Uh, but he yeah, It is Devin Clark. Devin Clark. Devin Clark. Um, and and it was a good finish. Uh, y- you will appreciate it anyway. But no, the the reason I, I was actually more going. He submitted on to, him. He submitted him. No, but him. but the <laughs> way the way he did it, it was good. You 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 like wait. it. All right, awesome, awesome. Um, yeah. And no, the reason I asked is for the first time I I thought that the boxing world actually trumped the uh, the MMA world. Right. Let's talk about right. that. Right. And I and, saw that fight. Right. And that's what I'm saying. It, it's the first time in a long time that I think there was more hype behind a boxing match than there was behind the MMA. Yeah. And course. and then on top of that, it wasn't even a real boxing match. It was an ex- exhibition match, but it generated so much steam, even to the point that at the, the post presser for the UFC, they were asking Dana about the boxing fight. The and boxing results. And, and he was giving answers like he was watching the fight. And I'm like, hang on a sec. So were you sitting in the front row of your UFC fight, like watching watching the boxing fight? Like it's it was ridiculous. Like the fact that it generated so much steam. So so you obviously watched the boxing. What do you think? What did I think? Well, congratulations to the promotion. Congratulations to both Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr., two of my favorite boxers of all time. I mean, I got raised on American kickboxing and western boxing big time in the sugar ray leonard days and the thomas hearns and the marvin Hagler's and the muhammad ali's and the jeff fennex and the zuma nelson's and i was in the thick of it back then roberto duran and all those greats and um i was a huge tyson fan i saw all these fights i saw the 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 the, the two fights with um uh, evander holyfield you know the ear biting situation and uh, right through the the the, the, the imprisonment, the, the rape allegations, and all that crap that went through all of the highs and lows, the tigers and the the hangover, and you know all that stuff. Huge Tyson fan, dude. I gotta say, um, I'm friends with uh, Rafael Cadera Sensei. Um, he cornered Mike Tyson. Um, he is also, I mean, he's a trainer of champions. I mean, Verdum and Calvin, trainer of um, Van- Vanderlei Silva, Cyborg. It goes on and on and on. Calvin Gastelum. They were in my school. In twenty um, in twenty eighteen, we had the privilege of of hosting them the last training week here before uh, the UFC here in Melbourne, where Rob Whitaker was going to fight Calvin, and Rob had to pull out because he had um, stomach issues and whatnot and surgery. But um, so we got to get to know uh, Kadero Sensei very well over that week, and um, to see him preparing Mike Tyson over these last few months online, just watching Tyson go at it like the Tyson of old, you know, skinny ankles still. But those black shoes, those black socks, those black shorts, that peekaboo style, um, the body shots, the left hook, the big bombs, Roy Jones just doing his thing, trying to trying to clinch left, right, and center, try and stay on the outside. Yeah, good luck with Tyson and try and make a fight of it. I felt like – I thought they both did really well. I loved it. I didn't care if it was an exhibition. It wasn't a fucking exhibition to those guys. Um, you know – I don't agree with the scorecards. Of course, it's an exhibition. Everyone's a winner. Everybody wins. Yeah, I get it. But I think Tyson probably nudged him um, in that fight. But And the, the greatest thing about it was the post-fight interview. My son and I are watching it just before our podcast on the couch. The girls were out shopping. And me and Andre were just howling with laughter. It was skin. 
amazing. I've got it on my Instagram. Go to Frank Barker 10P4L on Instagram. And it's probably up there on Ariel Awani, Awani's Instagram. Go to his. It's probably more famous Instagram. You probably feel better punching that in than mine. Go ahead. It's all the same shit anyway. But you go watch the post-fight interview and you hear Tyson and Roy Jones go at it. Tyson, in all his Tyson glory with the way he talks and his animated um, characteristics and Oh, it was just, I'm not going to wreck it. Just go and watch it. And I'm telling you, man, it is the greatest four minutes you'll ever watch this week. So cool. So I loved it, Dennis. I really did. And thank you for asking me. I mean, we are talking about it on the podcast yesterday. So if you really want to get a more in-depth breakdown of what I thought about it, you can go to the 10 podcast. It'll be up tonight um, on all the usual uh, platforms. But it was great, Dan. It was great, man, to see Tyson out there again. And he has plans, bro. He has plans. He has plans to continue and to, 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 to see Cadero, Rafael Cadero sensei there, such a legend with a legend in the corner, on the pads, making the walk. I sent him a message yesterday. I'm just so, so fucking excited for him. Oh, it's just beautiful. But for me, the world is small. You know, I'm so lucky, um, but I loved it. And I can't wait for the next one. No, I, I have to, I, I, I have to agree. I, I, a, I love the black shorts. Just plain black shorts. I was like, that is such an old school throwback. I thought that was unbelievable. Right. I thought Tyson won it also. I really did. Um, what I found weird was that it was a draw, but what I found even weirder was that there was judges in the first place because the leading into the event, everyone was like going, um, they can't knock each other out and there is no winner. So as soon as they went, and the judges for this fight is, I'm like, why have we got judges for? No one can win. And then when it came right. out as a, as a draw, I was kind of like, well, let, I guess it was fixed in my eyes, right? In the sense of, well, well no one can win. So we make it a draw. Yeah, like it was really? kind of, right, that's right. kind of what like it no was. One's gonna right? lose, unless someone's out cold, no one's going to lose, right? Right. So like I just Tyson found it. Hitting with, yeah. yeah, I just found it weird that they even had judges there in the first place when it was this whole presumption that no one can win. So what's the point of having judges? Yeah. Um, well, but no, I we found know Tyson landed. Landed some really good shots on right. I, I mean, Roy Jones landed a couple good. of crisp shots too, but he did look good. He looked good, dude. Do you remember Roy Jones when he was in his peak, dude? Yeah, that guy. Do you remember he used to go and shoot like basketball, like five on five or something? He'd go shoot the day of the fight. He'd go out in the morning and play some pickup with some of his mates, just as a bit of a loosening up before his fucking ten round fight, world title fights, like. Unbelievable. And then you see him go up a weight class and another and another. And it's just, who does that? I mean, unbelievable talent. I mean, I was, I had, look, watching those eight rounds, I just had a, a permanent glitchy smile on my face. I was just, the whole eight rounds, you know? And it's so funny, Tyson says, he goes, how did you deal with the two minute rounds? He goes, man, I was training for three, but some of those two minute rounds felt like three minute rounds. And I love the honesty, right? Yeah. We think these people are like superhuman. They're just the yeah. same as you and me, mate. Just dying, <laughs> dying, looking at the other guy going, oh, does it look good? Does it look like shit? And you can see Tyson leaning over his stool, having a look at him, you know, trying to have a look and see what kind of condition it was in. It was like Rocky Apollo, you know, in Rocky 2. It was so great. But the uh, the best bit of that uh, uh, that post-presser or whatever you want to call it, the interview, I, I found, and I guess that's what you were referring to, was when they were like, were you worried to, to Roy Jones? And... <laughs> And he's like, "You're worried about him? I've been out. You're of the, about him? I've been out of the game for 15 years. He quit two years ago. You worried about him? Why does no one worry about me?" <laughs> I was like, he was genuinely concerned. 
Because were you worried? Hell, you worried about him? I'm 54. He's 51 years old. He stopped boxing three years ago. I've been out for 20 years and you're asking him about his health? <laughs> and then when Tyson just turns around and leaves. Oh, my God. That was the best. Oh, my God. Go watch the interview. It's money. It's money. Oh, I loved it. Now, I loved it. I've got two more things about that, and then we'll start to wrap uh, wrap it up. So, first, no worries. For, for, first and foremost, um, what did you think of the co? Did you watch the co between Nate Robinson and and Logan Paul or Paul Logan? I never know which way around that that one goes. Did you? Yes, I did. What a knockout! And holy, he was out as soon as he touched him. That's he. Looked like a bit of a shot. He was just trying to throw an overhand. He ducked and hit him in the back of the head, right? That's not his fault. You're going to duck that low. You're going to prepare to hit in the back of the head. They always say, keep your head up. Keep your, What do you think they said? The, the, the refs say, keep your head up. Keep your head up. Not because you want to get knocked out. It's because you can avoid. Well, actually, because we don't want you to get knocked out, right? And that second shot, oh, my God. It was a truck stopper, that one. My God. What did you think about that? Well, I was like, lights out. But like, no, the reason I ask <sighs> you, the, the reason I ask you is that I've seen two mixed opinions. Like, Tyson was actually a big fan of that. Like he, he I read somewhere one of his quotes and he was like, all props to him, you know, da, 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 if he gets more eyes back on boxing, this and that. But I've also seen a lot of people in the boxing community really hate on that fight because they kind of feel like it's a circus show to have an NBA player and a YouTuber kind of like, do, like what's your opinion on that? Like, do you, do you, do oh, you, man, do you, do you feel I didn't it was really good for the sport? But I'm saying, do you feel it was good for the sport to have those two compete or, or do you do you kind of feel like yes it was more of a circus act look uh, considering that we had the exhibition with the tyson and the uh roy jones event to have a couple of youtubers on there i mean they had snoop dogg as one of the co-commentators too so look i think they wanted to i think they kind of went with a bit more of a relaxed mind more like okay um this is more of a, a entertainment card um i i felt i felt and it didn't worry me because I had some support there. But if you've got like a professional card and then you're going to put on a couple of like a YouTuber and an influencer on there or an NBA guy on there, I, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. But considering it had the Jones, the Jones exhibition, the Jones Tyson exhibition, and, and these are guys are, are pretty, you know, like um, big um, stars out there in their, in their worlds, like the NBA guy and, and the, and the, um, the YouTube influence or whatever. But I mean, but what a freaking knockout. I mean, it's not like Paul had no game. Look how much game he had. Now he's going to go up against Garcia. Don't worry about it. That guy, you might as well book a, a stretcher because he's going to, going to mop him. There's no doubt about it. If that ever happens, I think there was some talk about it happening or something. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm confused. I'm not right into the boxing anymore. You're in it. Obviously the gloves in the background. You can answer that question more, but I wasn't bothered by it to answer you know, quickly. I wasn't bothered. See, I wasn't bothered by it either. I mean, the way I see it is um, I give him props for the simple reason that, yes, he's, yeah. a, he's a YouTuber, right? But he's two and zero now in his pro record. And I kind of go, even when you look at some of these most decorated boxers, when they were two and zero, they weren't at the peak of their game either. Like, I, I just kind of no. go like, it looks like, uh, as I said, I don't know. Is it Paul Logan or Logan Paul? I don't know. Um, I apologize for that. But like, I kind of see it as Logan in, Paul. Logan. Paul. Yeah, I kind of because see, his surname. The surnames are flashed on the screen, and it was Paul. Yeah. Paul so I, I, I kind of, I kind of go. Listen, you've got this cushy YouTube life. For you to put your neck up and and 
and want to get into this professional boxing. And it looks like, I mean, he's calling more people out and stuff. So it looks like it's not like he's just doing it for one or two two times. It looks like he wants to go down it. And I'm like, everyone has a beginning somewhere. So yes, he's not the most polished boxer. Yes, he's got this, uh, he's a YouTuber. But I'm saying like, if he's taking it serious and, and, and he wants to progress, like my hat's off to him. I, I really oh, don't give him a bit. Of, give him a more. Give him more game opponent. Let's 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 see. Yeah. Now put now maybe put a little bit more pressure on him now and and see what happens. But you know, I, I don't mind seeing an NFL guy come out and fight a guy like a YouTube guy. I mean, who so what? If he's got game, he's trained, he's in shape. It's not like we're seeing two muffin tops out there bouncing around looking disgusting. I mean, these guys are in shape. They're coming ready. Like if you come correct, I got no problem. Mate. Hey, to me, a fight's a fight. I'm there for the fight, man. I don't kick a shit what the background is. I'm fucking, I'm there to see a fight. I want to see a fight. If someone's fighting in the street, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. As long as not some old lady getting beat up. But if there's a fair fight, I'm going to watch that shit. You know why? Because I'm a fight fan. Yeah. I'm a fight fan. Yep. I'm not like, it's not like a sports thing for me. You know what I mean? It's not like a ball in the bucket. This is a fight for me and I'm interested. Now, the last thing I want to talk to you about, which was, you already brought it up, was Snoop Dogg. Now, the reason he was the commentator was apparently he's got shares in this Triller or whatever. So, he, he, he's he got invested interest into it, Fair right? Enough. But um, he kind of blew up the internet, right? Like, one of the big things that came out of that was, like, he's commentating. And, I mean, he's had his go on, on the Contender series as well. Like, right. um, from one commentator to another, I guess... How do you see his performance? Do you, do, you, do, you, do you feel like it is a little bit of a gimmick? Or do, could you actually see him, I guess, take it a little more serious? And Because now everyone's like, you know, ESPN should pick him up and all these things. Like People are like, literally like, you need to make this guy a commentator. So I just want to get another commentator's like uh, opinion on that. Like, you know, would you be happy to see Snoop take, take the chair? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Boxing probably needs it to be honest with you. I mean, look, they make a lot of money. I mean, you know, these great, these big title fights, they make hundreds of millions of dollars. Sure. So you could say, well, boxing doesn't need it. Well, you know what? Boxing needs something, but I mean, it's going to make me watch it more. If Snoop Dogg's on the cans, it's going to be hilarious. Can you imagine what's going to come out of that? The guy, he's Snoop Dogg. You know what I mean? Like you're going to have him on there and he has knowledge base on it. And I thought he did a great job. I thought he did a great job. I really did. I thought he did well. So for me, man, I'm all about it. I'm all about it. And they had another commentator on there too. Uh, the guy on the end, I'm not too sure who he was, but they had another guy on there as well. Mate, I'm all what, for Izzy? it. I'm all for it. Are you talking, about Izzy? Are you talking about Izzy? Oh, um, that was Izzy? Izzy. I mean, I didn't watch the whole card. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Izzy, because he's stuck. Israel? Out- He's Adesanya? Adesanya. He, I thought I thought it was him. Oh, my God. So he's see, stuck I only had over there at the, the moment. The, the, the he's stuck over there at the moment because of the whole Fuck, restrictions. That's what happened. So they got all him right, in. So right. that was his first ever commentating experience. So, yeah, that was easy well, on look, the I, Look, man, I only watched – listen, I only watched the, the Tyson fight and I saw the the Logan Paul fight. All right? That's all I saw because then I was in the I was in the office doing the podcast. So – so I didn't get a chance to watch the whole card to get a whole complete view on Snoop and uh, Israel as well. But, I mean, I got no complaints, man. Whoever was on the panel, I was like, because I said to my son, I go, hey, Andre, okay, that sounds like Adesanya. I, just, nah. I, I, I don't know, man. I just, listen, man, I just come off the two, two and a half hour bike ride doing multiple hill hill repeats. I was dead. I was starving. I, I was I was done. So I really wasn't picking up on it too much. But now that you mentioned it, mate, yeah, awesome. Awesome. Who doesn't want to see that? I want to see that. Absolutely. 100%. Unbelievable. Well, look, 
man, it's 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 been great chatting to you. I don't think any I don't think anyone's ever come with this amount of energy. I love it. I <laughs> I honestly love it. And like it, it's been one of those things because we used to like you know travel a bit of the country together and stuff. And it, and it's been yeah. a minute, so it's 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 like really good yeah. that you know so good to talk to you. It, 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 it's great that we have this technology now that we can do this right. I I I, I absolutely nice. love it. Um, but look, we are going to wrap it up. But before I do, I just want to give. We should you do it again. We should do it again. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Because as I said and to you, I, 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 I always have a list of things I want to talk about, and we probably got through about twenty percent of it. You know what I'm saying? So we could definitely do. We could definitely go again. But for people that want to reach out to you, whether it's uh, now that you know you've got the gym back open, if they if they want to get into the tenth uh, planet gym, if they just want to hit you up, if they want to talk fights, since you are an avid fight fan, or even Absolutely. like. Um, Give us a little spin on 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 your podcast, um, you know, from one podcaster to another. Like, what what's the best way of people either listening to you, reaching out to you? What what what's the best ways? All right, so you can contact me uh, if you're interested in training. Of course, you're in Melbourne. You want to come drop in and have a role with us, and that'd be great. Uh, go to tenthplanet.com.au. You can register your email, and I'll send um, a uh, a reply with everything you need to know to get started on your journey. If you want to drop in, just drop in an email in the box provided, and um, I will get back to you and let you know when I'm available and when I'm there. I'm there every night, but strange things happen, and we're in a real strange time. So always check in to make sure I'm there so we can get a photo and we can meet because I love doing that. Um, obviously, on all the socials, Instagram, Frank Barker, 10P4L. Facebook, same thing. We have a podcast, the 10 podcast. That's the T-E-N podcast. We have Facebook. We have Instagram. Uh, it's all on iTunes, Stitcher, and all the platforms there as well. You can catch me there. I think that pretty much wraps it up where you can find me. And uh, everyone is always welcome. Mate, as I said, like I, I, I honestly have to thank you so much. I have never ever felt that amount of energy for any of the guests like that was that was absolutely awesome um look i i i wish you all the best down down south i know that we're starting to open all the borders and stuff so we are looking like we're heading in the right direction um and i hope at some stage you get back up to new south wales or maybe i get down to melbourne and and we can actually have a conversation in person but until then we'll call this a day i'm a